0: So we're in this series that we're calling The Secrets of Family, and if you haven't been with us or it's your first time here, we've been going through this series all year long, The Secrets of Dot, Dot, Dot. We've been looking at different areas of our lives and in in our ministries and and everything else, and we're going through The Secrets, and this this month we're doing The Secrets of Families. And I, I really like this series because uh, we all come from a family. We're all part of a family, whether we like them or not. We're still all a, a part of a family. And this week's message is actually called, The Secret of Family with Our Spouses. And if, if, uh, and just so you guys know, I wrote some of this sermon, not even hardly any of it. But, so, I, I just made little, like, corrections here and there. And so, uh, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. But, just so you guys know, moving forward, I feel like if I was writing this sermon, I might have titled it The Secrets of Family with Your Spouse, or If You're Getting Ready to be Get Married, or If You Have a Boyfriend or Girlfriend, and so kind of stick with me as I, as I go along. So I want to start off with a story, and it starts off um, about a girl named Kim, and when Kim became a Christian, she was, she was a teenager. And, and just like any other teenager or anyone else that becomes a Christian, it dramatically changes your life for the better. It's life-altering. Your whole life changes when you become a Christian. However, her faith was put to a difficult test when she fell in love a few years later with a non-Christian. Joseph was a, a handsome, adventurous, engaging, and intelligent young man, a lot like me. But, <laughs> but he had no interest... Uh, in, in following Jesus at all. And as his relationship with, with each other became more and more serious, Kim was faced with one of the most difficult decisions she would have to make up to her life at that point. Should she ignore the Holy Spirit's ju- uh, nudging and, and break her relationship off uh, with Joseph, or should she obey and break her, her own heart in the process Kim made the right decision, so that's a good thing. She broke up with Joseph and left for college in tears. She never felt so lonely in her life before, but she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that she had done the right thing. And and, and actually in ministry, we get this is actually a common scenario that happens a lot. A Christian dating a non-Christian. They fall in love. And and Christians they they must make a choice. Go through the pain of a breakup or be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Unbeliever. Unfortunately, many choose the latter and later regret it. The Bible warns against being unequally yoked. We read it in Second Corinthians 6.14. It says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For, for, what, for what do righteousness and wickedness have, have in common? Or what fellowship can, can light have with darkness? Because the phrase unequally yoked can be a bit difficult to understand and a lot of times it comes up with a lot of controversy, I think. I like to I like to read, um, and it's not my most favorite version of the Bible, but I like to, I think the, the message kind of sums it up a little bit more easily for us to understand it. It says, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? I mean, when we hear the message, it kind of opens it up for us, kind of helps us understand it a little bit more. God gives us this command our own pro- for our own protection and joy, not to be unequally yoked. He knows that we can't have the best possible marriage if we have different beliefs in and val- in values than, than our spouse. And even though obedience to God can be difficult, especially in a situation like this, it's always worth it. Some Christians may find themselves saying, you know, I think I can change that person. And I, and I actually hear that a lot. They, they get the unequally yoked and they're convinced that they can, they can change that person to maybe believe in God later on. That, that somehow they have that power inside of them. Um, may, and maybe so, maybe that is possible, but God has the power to change someone ultimately. And we should never give up on praying for the people we care for either. But, but the verse in 2 Corinthians doesn't say, do not be unequally, unequally yoked unless you think that person will change. It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 7.16, how, you know, how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? As followers of Christ, it's our responsibility to be obedient to what God calls us to do, or, or to be obedient in what God commands us to do. <clears throat> Even if that means our lives will go in a different direction, or a direction we didn't think would happen, and that happens all the time. This issue was even a concern in the Old Testament when we open it up. God, God was leading the Israelites into the promised land. He gave them strong commands about how they should deal with, with the pagan nations. In Deuteronomy 7, um, chapter 7, verses 3 through 6, it says, um, it says this, Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons, for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods and the lord's anger will burn against you and will qu- quickly destroy you this is what you are you are to do to them break down their altars smash their sacred stones cut down their a- <clears throat> asherah poles and burn their idols in the fire for you are a pe- uh, for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord your god has <clears throat> has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a chosen child of God. He doesn't want you to, to settle for less, but he, he wants you to settle for his very best. Uh, I've been telling my students this. We just got through a series called The Talk and it was called, it was about the birds and the bees. Um, but, but I kept telling them over and over, don't settle for, for what's now. If you're patient and you're faithful for what God has, He will bless you. He has something better in store for you if you're patient and you wait and that you're faithful. And I need to tell, I need, to tell you, I, need, I need to tell you that a Christian who finds himself in an unequally yoked marriage should not use this issue as grounds for divorce either. God has the power to turn around the most desperate situations and use them for the good. He demonstrates that over and over and over again when you read the Bible. A Christian can save himself a lot of heartache and grief by seeking God's will early in a dating relationship. Karen, the author of a, a website called net, has received hundreds of emails from Christian men and women who are, who are married to other non-Christians. <clears throat> Once married, she notes, the difference in beliefs are no longer sim- simple dating discussions, but rather full-out spiritual warfare, where the children are often dragged through the middle of it. She also goes on to say, I have read stories about husbands who have Pur- purposely destroyed their, their wives' Bibles, uh, forbidden them from going to church even, and many, and many, many times have abused their wives, not, until, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. Karen's also says, have, she's also had many letters from, from Christian men, they're, and she says that they're very troubling. These men are extremely frustrated that they must rely on non-Christian wives to raise their children. I would imagine that these women never imagined that the consequences would be so great as they are or so severe. That's why it's so important for all of us to know this the secret of family that we're talking about today. We need to understand God's commands in this regard before marriage as we as we are considering our spouse. And then there's there's this question that, that if you're a minister, you'll always eventually get it. It says, "Can you be married to a Christ, can you be married to a Christian?" And be unequally yoked. And, and let, me answer you, let me answer that with a story. A farmer back in the day would never yoke, yoke together two, a 2,000 pound ox that has experienced plowing with a younger, smaller ox. The bigger ox would pull the other way. And uh, it, would kinda, it would get done, but it would be crazy. Like their field would be all messed up. Uh, and so uh, it would be disastrous, I would think, for the farmer. Uh, John tells a story of a young man who was in his youth group and years later went on to, to go get, um, get married. And, and he tells this story uh, about uh, this, this guy that he um, said, hey, I'm getting married. And, and, the, and John says, congratulations. Is, is she a Christian? And um, he says, yeah, yeah, she is. She's, she's Catholic. And John told him to prepare to convert to Catholicism or don't marry her. He said, well, I'm not going to become a Catholic. It's okay, though. We both love Jesus. And so this person was convinced. It was all right. They They both love Jesus. We can make it work together. And John said, good luck. Well, they are still married today, and they have a couple of kids. He doesn't go to church anymore, and she takes the kids to Mass each week. Two people who love Jesus, but they are unequally yoked. Their inequality and yokeness has caused him to give up on what on what God has called him to do as, as a Christian man and how he should be leading his family. They may be making their marriage work physically. They they both have jobs. Their, their kids are provided for all their needs. They have a house and, and two cars. Physically, they seem to have it all together. Spiritually, though, uh, their home is, is built on a foundation of sand. Remember we talked about that last week. Um, we talked about being built on a rock not our family to be built on rocks and not that sinking sand why is it that the bible uh, is the only writing that we take objective it seems like that all the time we read something on the internet and and we swear by it just because it was on there we believe to be absolute truth i read it on google must be true right uh, we read something in Scripture, and we we look at it, and, and we like to modify it sometimes to fit our lives because we don't like what it says. In and when we look, when we compare it to our lives, we read the Bible. The uh, we we often read the Bible the same way that that Eve read the Bible. She uh this she looked at it. The she looked at the fruit of the tree of the of knowledge of good and evil, and we read in Scripture. Uh, hearing Satan whisper in our ears too, uh, the same words that he whispered to Eve. Surely you won't die. Just, just for taking a bite, surely it's not going to happen. We read something like, do not be unequally yoked. And Satan whispers, you both love Jesus. You're, you're not unequally yoked. <clears throat> Satan, knows, Satan knows what we refuse to believe. That his best weapon is a family full of apathetic Christians. We, let, led by a husband that won't, would rather go fishing or, or spend time at work, and provided for his family physically, he'd rather provide for his family physically than invest in his family spiritually. Brothers and sisters, the word of God is infallible, it is without mistake. It has been given to us so that we can shape our lives to reflect that of Jesus Christ, not so that we can shape it to be a reflection of us. And don't we always I feel like we always we're, sometimes we get like even I admit I like to read scripture like man that doesn't apply to me or man I wish I could just change it. And so even that happens to me sometimes. That was one of the the problems with the this was one of the big problems with the religious leaders that we read about in the Old Testament. They changed the the 10 commandments to to fit their desires. When God gives us advice, you need to know that is it is the best advice there is uh on whatever's topic, or whatever the matter may be. So when he says that we should not be unequally yoked, he's not talking about skin color or nationality. He's talking about your core belief. He created man and women to serve side by side in a Christian marriage relationship. If you're a Christian couple and you're realizing that that you are somewhat unequally yoked, and maybe you thought, hey, both of us love Jesus, uh, we're good we're good, and all we need—all we need—is love. I want to encourage both of you to reevaluate your personal priorities. Christ does not want any division in our marriages. Come together and seek to honor Him. Rebuild, rebuild that solid foundation. It's not too late. If you're not sure where to begin, uh, then. Uh, we let, let's look at the words um, that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're starting in verse 20, if you have your Bibles with you this morning. There is, and it says, um, it says this, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in, this, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. So, So for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be unified to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. If you love your wife like Christ loves the church, she will respect you. And when you both submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, you will be living the secret of being a Christian spouse. Remember that story about Kim that we talked about in the beginning? From, uh, it says, uh, After breaking up with Joseph and leaving for college, Kim couldn't imagine herself ever feeling happy again. But on the first day of class, she noticed a young man sitting alone in the student center reading his bible his name was paul and a few years later he he and kim were married kim recognizes now that the the temporary heartache and she went through was nothing compared to the lifetime of regret she avoided by by being obedient to what god had planned for her in her life what began as one of the hardest decisions of her life turned out to be one of the best because she waited for what god had and that was the best which is so often the case when we follow and wait on God's perfect plan. Not everyone who makes the tough decision to break off an unhealthy dating relationship will find the one as quickly as Kim did. God's plan is different for every one of his children, but his plan can always be trusted because it's always good. Amen? As you hear Kim's story today, and you can relate, uh, I want to end on, on um, just like I said, the advice that I've been telling our, our junior and senior high schoolers, and I believe it honestly fits what we have here today, and it's you have to wait on God. Be faithful. Wait on Him. He's got something better planned for us. And, and He also has a plan for you and, and for your family too as well. But it starts with submitting to Him out of reverence for Christ. He came and died for you. We are simply asked to live our lives each and every day for Him. That includes not just in how we treat others, but how we treat our spouses and, and family too. As we come to our response time this morning, maybe your response is to repent for how you've been treating your spouse, or maybe how you treated your ex-spouse, or maybe how you would like, um, or maybe you would just like to pray with the elders, or, or, or we can set out to, to help you honor your spouse the way that Christ honors his church. Whatever your response is this morning, will you stand and sing and respond with us? Amen. As you go this week, remember to keep John and Mitzi and Dylan in your prayers, and you can tell them that um, he was kind to hear because I read his message for you guys. So (laughs) I hope that you all have a great week.